Good morning. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, King Solomon told us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. We pray that as we open Scripture now, that we will continue to fear you as our Lord, that you will grant us knowledge not only of who you are, but how we might live for you. We pray that we will not be fools and despise wisdom and instruction, but that we will live in wisdom and in instruction in accordance with your word. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning we continue our series in James' letter to the churches. The reading from today is chapter 1 from verse 19 to the end of the chapter. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. This is the word of the Lord. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Glad to see you again. Well, in James chapter 1, verses 19 to 27, James introduces the importance of listening and taking action rather than mere profession. The people of God must be known by wise practices that display God's righteous and impartial character. James uses the image of man looking into a mirror in order to clean up his act to illustrate how wisdom demonstrates the integrity of our words and deeds. While the Lord is concerned that his people know and believe the truth, he is just as concerned that their actions match their beliefs. Their faithfulness is demonstrated by their practice, righteous 
and expressions of royal love in their relationships with him, with each other and their neighbors. What James wants to know, want us to know is the ongoing process of sanctification, leaving out our faith, the ongoing process of growing in faith, in becoming more and more like Jesus. This is a lifelong process until that great day when we are made perfect and complete, that day when we meet God face to face, that day we are waiting for Jesus uh, when Jesus returns. James begins by addressing his reader as, My dear brothers and sisters, James clearly indicates his deep compassion and concern for them. Like every wise Christian teaches, he is not simply trying to convince your mind in a purely intellectual way, but also is trying to reach their hearts. His affection for them is equally as strong as his obligation to them. Few things can make a teacher's work more effective than a genuine love for those being taught. Before we move on, it is important to remind, important to remind ourselves to whom James is writing to. James is speaking to Christians who have been persecuted for their faith. They have been forced to leave home family, work, country. Loved ones have been killed. Goods have been confiscated. Business has gone bankrupt. If anyone has a right to be angry, it is these believers. To these brothers and sisters, James says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Here, James is telling his reader not to do what most of us feel like doing when we are suffering. We are tempted to mouth off, get angry, and vent. We want to give others a piece of our mind that we couldn't afford to lose. We can begin to lose a listening posture before God and His Word. When we suffer, we may be angry with God and can stop listening to God. James's assortation is to be very careful of whatever causes you to be deaf to the word of God. You need to ask his help to remove those things that deafen us. Quick to listen. Here means active listening. We are not simply to refrain from speaking. We are to be ready and willing to listen. This quick listening is obviously to be done with discernment. We are to check what we hear with God's word. If we don't listen both carefully and quickly, we are liable to be led into all kinds of false teaching and error. Quick to listen and slow to speak should really be understood as two sides of 
the same coin. Slowness in speech means speaking with humility and patience, not with a quick reply or non-stop rumbling. How many times have you, maybe during an argument, cut somebody off as they were trying to explain something, thinking that you knew what they were going to say next, and it turning out that where you thought that they were going with the conversation was completely wrong. Constant talking can keep you from being able to hear. Wisdom here is not always having something to say, but rather it is listening carefully, considering prayerfully, and speaking gently. When we talk too much and listen too little, we communicate to others that we feel our ideas are much more important than theirs. James say here, to reverse this process. When people talk to you, do they feel open and safe enough to believe that their viewpoints and ideas have value to you? Next, slow to anger. Anger in this context refers either to persecutions, trials, or temptations. We should also be slow to get angry. Anger closes our minds to God's truth. Anger pushes us to, to too much fast talking and not enough quick listening. Anger distorts a message that our God is trying to communicate to others through them. Anger is not fitting for the believer unless it is godly anger, an anger towards right, unrighteousness and sin. Anger is a stench to others that causes relationships, destroys intimacy. James not only tells us that we need to be slow to anger, but that human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. That's verse 20. So we need to calm down. Do you know that being upset with what you hear can block all the capacity you process to hear it? Especially when it comes to a relevant new word from God. If you don't calm your spirit down and let God speak a word to you, even when the word is uncomfortable, you will never hear. Cultivate a calm spirit. When we are angry, we are closed. We are not listening to reason. We are looking to get even and sometimes to get ahead. We feel resentment or bitterness or sometimes even hatred. These are barriers to communicate. A communication. God cannot speak to you when you hold these attitudes in your heart. We need to calm down so we can hear. 
James tells us another thing that we need to work on is to get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is prevalent. Verse 21. Just as we can't hear with our ears full of wax, so we can't receive God's word with our life full of sin. So we must be willing to get rid of anything that we know of in our lives that keep us from hearing God. Are these things in your life today that you need to get rid of? You will never be able to receive the full benefit from God's word that you need to until you do. And the last of the things to do with hearing the word of God in verse 21 is that we are to humbly accept the word planted in you. What does it mean that God has given you a word implant? He has put his thoughts and words deep within you. He has made them part of you. Not only has he put within you a hunger for his word, he has given you the precious and tender plant to grow within. By laying aside sinful practices, God's people can put on righteousness. This requires humility and repentance. Only when we admit that our own standards will not lead us into righteousness, then can we receive the implanted word. This is the same word of verse 18. The gospel which gives new life. The essence of wisdom is to allow God's life-giving word to fill and guide our lives. Indeed, this word will save you at the final judgment. How do we receive the word? We need to develop a capacity to listen to and to hear the word of God. We need to develop a controlled tongue and cultivate a calm spirit to receive the word of God. Finally, we need to develop a clean life in obedience to the word of God. It is important to listen to God's word, but it is not enough, according to James. We must take an extra step. We must put the word into action. Verse 22 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself what, uh, do what it says. The tense of do what it says is continuous. In other words, this is something that James wants us to develop as a habit. Every time we listen to God's word, we must take the added step of applying it to our lives. 
If we don't, he says, it's the same as looking in the mirror, but really never sees what they look like. That would be ridiculous. The word of God will serve as a mirror to show you the truth about yourself, but it will only do you some good if you apply it to your life. Verse 25 says, But whosoever, whoever looks intensely into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard about doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. In verse 25, James speaks of whoever looks intensely into the perfect law that gives freedom. Notice that he is not simply talking about someone who merely looks at God's word. He is talking about someone who looks intensely. In other words, we are to examine the word. We are to carefully investigate the word. We are to research it. James tells us that we are not only to look intensely at the word, but we are also have to continue to review and reflect on this word. In verse 25, again, we read and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, unless we have studied God's word. We will not be able to make the right decisions in all that we are faced with every day. We will be more susceptible to temptation. Jesus used God's word to deal with the temptation Satan threw his way in the wilderness. And we must use God's word in the same manner. The psalmist wrote in Psalms 119 verse 11, I have hidden your words in my heart that I might not sin against you. The word can be our protection. It can be our defense against the evil, the devil. But we can only use the word if we know the word. To do that, we must reflect on the word. We must spend time in the word. Reading, studying, memorizing the word must become a priority. Again, in verse 25, James tells us that we will be blessed, not by simply hearing the word, but by doing it. We must personally respond to the word. The word applies to us. It applies to you. You need to do it. That is the basis upon which you will be blessed. That is the basis upon which you will receive the benefits of the word. If you are not willing to do the word, don't expect to be blessed by the word. Now let's move on to verses 26 and 27, leaving out the word. This perfect law that gives freedom mentioned in verse 25 then governs what James considered pure religion. 
But he is asserting that if we do consider ourselves authentic worshippers of God, then we must live out this perfect law that gives freedom in our everyday lives. Those who consider themselves religious must also be able to control their tongues. This is a re- statement of verse 19 and a reminder that our speech practices are expressions of doing the word. James also reminds his reader that those who do not control their tongue deceive themselves. Indeed, if they do not repent of wicked speech, their religious is worthless. That is to say, false. A team elaborated more fully in chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. Our faith will involve us loving and serving other people differently. Faith always expresses itself in love. If we say we have faith, but it doesn't affect the way we treat the people around us, then we really don't have faith at all. In verse 27, James said that our faith will affect our relationship with some of the most vulnerable people around us. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless it is to look after orphans and widows in their distress. Orphans and widows were among the most hopeless people in Jewish society. They would have had no money-making possibilities, and therefore they would have been economically helpless. The orphans and widows in this passage represent anyone who is helpless in this world. People in this category today include, of course, widows and orphans, as well as immigrants, refugees, the disabled, and the homeless. Finally, in verse 27, James tells us, Pure religion or true spirituality is not perfect observance of rules and observances. Instead, it is personal purity to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. In other words, keep your life clean, guard it, be careful, watch what you do. Watch what you allowed. Don't let anything keep you from having a pure heart and a clean mind. To keep ourselves from being corrupted by the world, we need to commit ourselves to Christ's perfect morality, not the world's. We are not to adopt, adapt to the world's value system based on money, power, and pleasure. True faith means nothing if we are contaminated with such values. 
James was simply echoing the words of Jesus in what he has been called his high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, where Jesus emphasized sending his disciples into the world, but expecting them not to be of the world. As we make ourselves available to serve Christ in the world, we must put keep putting ourselves under the protection of this prayer. The prayer tells us we are to remain in the world because that is where Christ wants us. And that is we will have God's protection. Let me summarize the lessons we have learned this morning under three headings. First, authentic Christianity, a pure and undefiled religion is one in which one's conduct and character are disciplined in accordance with God's word. It is apparent that God's emphasis is not on religious ritual, but on right living. Some people go through religion, or the external aspect of worship with an unclean heart. James is confirming that the externals of religious activities are not acceptable to God unless accompanied by a holy life and loving service. Rites and rituals have never been an adequate substitute for service and sacrifice. Corporate worship within the church cannot take place of the take place of individual works outside the church. The private profession must be coupled with the public expressions of one's faith. Brother and sisters, let us not be deceived. If your religion does not affect your thoughts, words and actions, your religion is worthless and you are deceived. Authentic Christianity is a supernatural change of heart that feels a desire to know more about Christ that in turn motivates the faithful work of your hands. Do you have a renewed heart? Do you have a renewed head? Do you have renewed hands? If you truly love Jesus, you will love like Jesus. Those who hear without doing are hypocrites, and their faith is not genuine. Those who hear the word and obey demonstrate genuine faith. May the Lord help us to hear his word, save us from deafness, and guide us in the practical steps we need to take. Ask God to show us how to live out the new life we have in Christ in our speech, in our family, and in the world. Second, care for the needy. When we realize how much mercy God has given us, 
it will lead us to have mercy on others as well. One of the biggest tests of our faith is how we treat others in need. Are we as a church and individuals caring for the vulnerable around us? Or have we shut ourselves off and decided to live with only ourselves in mind? If we have faith, James says, it will involve loving people with our words. And it will also involve caring for those who need it. In other words, leaving out the word in practical way will mean that we care about others. This has been one of the things that Christians have done well over the years. Historically, it has been the Church of Jesus Christ that has set up hospitals, orphanages, homes of the elderly, and many other social institutions designed to care for the needs of others. People matter to God, and people should matter to us as well. One of the ways that we should act on the word is to have compassion for people and do something to help them. It doesn't have to be huge. You might not be able to support them for life, but don't focus on what you can't do. Instead, focus on what you can do. You must, might not be able to do everything, but you can do something. And people will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Finally, anger. James instructs us to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to be angry. These words suggest that it is appropriate to become angry, though slowly. James would not argue with the idea that anger is a God-given feeling and therefore is not always evil. But James is careful to point out that what we do with our anger makes all the difference. It is okay to be angry, though slowly, but how we express our anger is critical. I think you realize we often sin in the way we express our anger. This makes me think of what the Apostle Paul wrote. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, In your anger, do not sin. Anger is okay, but be angry in the right way or else you are sinning. What James is saying is, think and listen before you act. Think and listen before you speak. If you are angry, you should talk about the situation. Express your feelings as calmly as possible and listen carefully to other sides. Before we end, let me ask you, a few important questions. What can you put into practice from today? What has God said to you? 
What in your life has kept you from really being able to serve God like you should? What are you willing to do about it? Has God said that you need to calm down? Is there too much anger in your life? Will you make a commitment today to get a handle on that? Let's spend a moment of silence to reflect on what we have heard. Amen. <laughs>